Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Get over to Leon Tailoring for that young person who graduated. Congratulations, by the way. And make sure they've got the clothes for that big job interview. Hey, the economy may be good, but you still got to dress for success. And Leon Tailoring, they can help your young person do that with a professional wardrobe and attire that they need. And so all those years of college and getting a degree do not go to waste. So Leon Tailoring, the perfect place to get your young professional off to that start in the world of work. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, good afternoon. Thanks everybody for being here. Um, here to talk a little bit about uh, uh, House Bill 1001 and what we've agreed to between the House and the Senate. Uh, first of all, let me say a couple of things that I think are most uh, most uh, most appropriate at this point in time. I want to thank Senator Mitchler for the hours of work he's put into this. I want to also thank our staff. Uh, they, those folks, including Krista, have been here on a Friday night late. Sunday, Sunday night late, and uh, over the last few weeks, and uh, uh, this is obviously a big project, lots of discussions, lots of negotiations, and it impacts every aspect of every facet of the state of Indiana and its business. So I feel like we have come to, uh, between the coordination between the House and the Senate, uh, a product that's really going to be beneficial for the state of Indiana. I want to say thank you to uh, both uh, Representative Thompson as well as the uh, Speaker, Todd Houston, They've been, as always, good to work with. We communicate frequently all throughout the legislative session on our priorities and their priorities, as well as uh, this budget issue, which makes the final days, as difficult as they are, uh, a little easier to get through because we've been working on this uh, from the really from the beginning of the session. So having said that, I'll get into a few of the details of things that are important to us. And as you all know, and I have said from this podium or a podium like this on a number of occasions. We've had several agenda items here this legislative session in the Indiana Senate. Uh, fiscal responsibility, um, uh, public, mental, public, mental health, public health and mental health. Uh, the cost of health care has been a big one for us as well as public safety and data privacy. And uh, the budget, of course, is interwoven into an awful lot of those subjects. And so I'll talk a little bit about how the budget impacts our, our agenda items and um, in, 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 this, in the kind of the context of some of those buckets of our priorities. First, of course, is fiscal responsibility. We couldn't be more pleased that we have a responsible, balanced budget that we're gonna, that's going to care for Indiana for the next two years and uh, do so in a res fiscally responsible way, and um, uh, all, all the while doing some things that were very important to us. Pre-96, along with the uh, normal approximately $1 billion that we pay into that on an annual basis, we're paying another as we promised over the summer, another $1 billion for that pre-96 uh, uh, PERF responsibility. We want to make sure that we're honoring the obligations of our teachers and other employee, public employees who have retired and make sure we do that in a responsible way. And uh, we couldn't be more pleased to be able to do that. Also, um, I think the speaker may talk more about that. We've got some tax cuts that we've moved them up a little more quickly to uh, uh, beyond what we passed last year. and. Um, with regard to public safety, one of our buckets, uh, we were able to increase the state police pay, uh, I think maybe about up to about 30%. Anyway, a very significant impact on our state police. We have them to thank for keeping our roads in Indiana safe and the work that they do. And uh, as we talked about in January, they have been undercompensated and we're trying to make that right. And we made a significant step here today to the tune of about 70, maybe 70, 71 million more dollars in that space. Um, with regard to public and mental health, Senate Bill 4, something Senator Charbonneau has been working uh, tirelessly on over this legislative session, 
uh, adding $75 million to that in, 150, in year one, $150 million in year two. In addition to those dollars, there are additional dollars for the trauma system quality improvement, uh, infectious disease, as well as EMS readiness. So all in an effort to make sure that Indiana is safer, but also healthier as we go forward over the next few years. With regard to mental health and Senate Bill 1, obviously a huge priority for us. We kept the Senate version of that at $50 million the first year, $50 million the second year. There are other things we're working on in that space. Representative Sturwald had a very good bill pertaining to mental health in 1006 that has $10 million in it uh, to help people that would be, these are really treating different people than Senate Bill 1, at least in my mind. These folks would be folks that have uh, maybe a little more ill, uh, either found themselves in jail, but the judge can have the ability to take them out of that jail space where they cannot be taken care of and put them into a facility that might be more helpful and uh, more rehabilitative for them. Uh, in addition, $60 million for uh, the JDAI program, which is a juvenile mental health and uh, uh, something that we think could really go a long way to help with some of the youth in our state as well as um, uh, keep them out of the judicial system as they, as they grow into adulthood. Um, this leaves us uh, a couple of the things I talked just in basic terms about the K through 12 public education, uh, all told about $2.9 billion in uh, state support to K through 12 education. That's about $1.2 billion to su as tuition support. In my mind, I think the biggest increase in that that we've been able to do in the past, and we've had large increases over the last two budgets. 2019, about $763 million, I believe. Last budget, 2021, was about $1.1 billion, and so now another $1.2 billion, all in an effort to show, of course, that public education is uh, by far and away the biggest, biggest expense that the state has, but it also is the most important project that the state has. In the, in the tune of that, as the speaker will talk a little bit about vouchers and some school, uh, some parental choice issues that we've, we've got in here as well, keep in mind this, that in, in 2024, traditional public schools will have 89% of the kids and 90% of the, public, or of the, of the uh, education dollars. 2025, traditional public schools will have 88% of the kids and 90% of those uh, public education dollars. And um, all told for that, for the public education, 6% in the first year, 2% in the second year. And uh, I'll stop there. I'll let the speaker talk, and then perhaps we can answer some questions if you have any. Mr. Speaker. Thank you, Senator Bray. And, and let me just reiterate something Senator Bray said. Uh, tremendous appreciation, gratefulness, and thanks to our staff. Uh, uh, ben, Liza, Krista have been phenomenal. Uh, to Chairman Thompson, his first time at this, has just done a, a tremendous job. And then uh, I just always have a privilege to bless to work with two friends. And, and uh, uh, while there are occasional moments of time where we might disagree, uh, they're, they're always friendly discussions and uh, we get to the right place. You know, Senator Bray mentioned priorities. And I think the great thing about these types of conversations is they're shared priorities. I'm super excited about the investments that we've made in Simba One, Senate Bill 4 and, and the things that Senator Bray outlined. Obviously, we had some priorities of our own. Um, we're thrilled that um, you know, we, we've been able to keep the, uh, we're going to remove pathways for uh, voucher students. So all students will become eligible. We raise income limit up to 400%. Appreciate the cooperation of our Senate colleagues on that. We keep uh, the core tenets of House Bill 1002 around making sure we have employer-led and, and, and uh, really meaningful uh, work-based education and keep the, uh, the uh, career savings accounts as, as, as part of that. As, as Senator Bray noted, we accelerate the tax cuts um, up. 
Well, we're in a very good place. As we like to remind people, the more we cut taxes, it seems like the more revenue we get in. And we, uh, we continue to cut taxes. We phase in the, uh, the down to 2.9 in, in the next four years. So uh, great cooperation on, on those issues. Um, you know, we, we continue to make the investments that has Indiana in such a great place around Ready and, and IEDC. And, and we're excited about all the different opportunities that are taking place uh, all across the state. We believe workforce is critically important to this. And, and that's why, um, you know, we're excited to continue to make investments in career technical education and, and employer-led uh, programs. So, you know, it, it's for us, it, it is really a shared process. You know, this is thing you go through, uh, you go through ups and downs and, and, uh, and, and lots of discussions, but they, they all get to the best place. And you know, we, we continue to send a Bray noted. We've been consistent in being financially uh, responsible. It's allowed us to make investments this year, like Senator Bray outlined, historic investments in mental health and in public health and, and raising, uh, uh, fully funding all of the FSA Medicaid um, rate studies. And, and it just gives us, you know, we have the flexibility and we, uh, to, to be able to do the things and make the investments that are important to us. And then yet, uh, we're still really, really strong, uh, you know, roughly 2.7 billion reserves at the end of the budget uh, that, that ensures that we're in a great place for 2025 and beyond too. So with that, happy to take questions. How'd you arrive at 50 million for uh, SB1? 50 million a year. 50 million right? a year. Yeah, so it's $100 million, uh, which is uh, equal to the amount we did two years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to arrive at. You're just trying to discuss what uh, we think is a need. And there I will acknowledge more need than 50 million and 50 million, probably. But uh, what can they begin to spend as they develop these programs and what can be useful for them? And uh, between uh, a number of folks, including Senator Kreider, who put hours of work, in, obviously, into Senate Bill 1, but not just this year, but this year, but over many years. Um, and I think he probably, in all candor, would have liked to have a little bit more in there. But uh, this is a good start and a, a big investment into that space. And uh, we feel like it's uh, put Indiana in a good, on a good start to that, uh, to addressing those needs. You opted, you opted not to use general, or you opted to use general fund dollars for public health and mental health instead of anything like a cigarette tax hike or the cell phone uh, fee. Is the thought that saving those for a time when you don't get an extra billion and a half in the forecast? Yeah, I mean that, that you know that additional money that came in from the uh, from the, uh, the latest forecast obviously is not a completely transformational to our budget, but it is significant and it probably allows it, it allows some flexibility there. And uh, don't love to add another tax to the state of Indiana uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, you know, the idea of something with a cigarette tax or even that 988 tax, which we could have used for this, is, uh, is uh, better saved either not to do at all or maybe for another day when we need it. Was the state funding um, textbook elimination, the elimination of the textbook? So we are funding a, a elimination of the textbooks uh, to, 100, to the tune of $160 million, I believe. And it's not in the tuition support. It's a separate line item. Um, I don't believe the, the budgets originally had any money for the IUPUI Purdue realignment. Can you talk about how you arrived there? They did have uh, they did have one time funding for uh, IU and Purdue. There's some additional capital dollars. We're excited about that project. Uh, I think it's transformational for higher education in, in Indiana, specifically in Indianapolis. So excited to say that. Real quick on Senate Bill One for a second. I think you know the 50 million covers more than covers the the cost of the 988 fee, and uh, it provides additional resources. As, as uh, Senator Bray said, it's 
Senator Brega, no, I just mentioned, I think, you know, that's it's an opportunity, uh, you know, this will be an issue that we'll continue to look at in future budgets. But we want to make sure that 988 was fully funded and, and provide additional resources for programs that support people. So did you send most of the additional one and a half billion in revenue to pay now pre-96, or is that not entirely well, no, I mean, Senator Mishler and Senator Bray and their budget had the billion in their budget. You know, it, it goes into a whole host of things. I mean, you know, we, uh, we we were able to, you know, make sure we made that full $1 billion investment in, in pre-96. Uh, gave us some opportunities for some capital projects. Frankly, our Medicaid uh, number went up too. Uh, so, you know, it's a combination of, you know, you, you merge and you, you, you work through two different budgets, two different priorities and, and uh, uh, you get to those kind of, you know, you get to that right place. Why not the funding for public health so you have some more to work with? I think both our budgets were consistent with public health. I think credit to Governor Holcomb and his leadership on, on uh, uh, you know, making a very, uh, you know, strong plan for, for public health funding. And uh, uh, we felt like this was an appropriate number to see what uh, you know what the outcomes are and, and we can measure the success of the programs. On the choice scholarship expansion, can you talk about um, oh, I'm sorry. on the choice yes. scholarship expansion, can you talk about the decision to keep the income ceiling but also um, on that income ceiling that you're keeping, why it's still based off of the um, the rate to qualify for free and reduced lunch and not based off the federal poverty level. We just have we just have always kept that that's been consistent for us. You talk about keeping that income ceiling, that decision? Well, the 400%, moving to 400%, I mean, that was in the House pass budget, and, uh, uh, you know, we'd had conversations, and, you know, we say on these types of things, I mean, it, we're, we're all partners in this, and uh, uh, Senator Bray, Senator Mishler have been trans partners, and Chairman Thompson, all the House, and on getting the right place on these types of issues. On my way, pre-K and CCD are both based off of family federal poverty level, but, while the eligibility was increased, and I still see the tax credit for employers, there's still not actually more funding for childcare. Talked about previously how childcare and housing are two of the biggest economic issues that we face right now when it comes to attracting new businesses. Why nothing for childcare? Well, on, on childcare, first of all, we've had. What are you Right, I was going to say, we haven't even spent the current appropriation on that fund. So, I mean, I think we're trying to, the re raising of the income limits was to make sure the current appropriation uh, gets spent. I am glad you mentioned housing, because I think that's a super important thing. I mean, you know, we, we have a real housing problem in, in, in our state and uh, just not enough supply. And, and between House Bill 1005, and we, we put $75 million into that program over the biennium, uh, Ready and, and other programs that, uh, uh, that, that we're looking at, I really excited about the change. You know, we, we know uh, there's a supply problem in housing created by the market downturn in the, in the 2008, 2009, 2010 timeframe. Uh, I think we're partnering with our local communities to begin to address the, the housing issue. Are you going to share a dollar amount on what the vouchers will be now, what, how Uh, I don't have that exact number. We can get it for you. But it was exactly what was in the House. It was exactly what was announced. Senator Gray and Senator Mishler, the Senate has both been reluctant on expanding the voucher program and speeding up those tax cuts. Was it just the additional money that made you going to do that, or what factors came into well, we're, we are. We we want to make sure that we proceed forward in a in a fiscally responsible way. I mean, the the the, the program of the, uh, the the choice scholarships. 
uh, as the speaker had it, or the House had it, their version was about $500 million, I think. So it's a big, that's a really big uh, number. And uh, so we wanted to be careful with that, be thoughtful. That, again, as I said earlier, with $1.5 in new dollars coming from the most recent uh, forecast was uh, provided some flexibility there. We probably, our caucus though, is supportive of uh, parental choice in schools and always has been, and uh, probably will continue to be as we uh, try to continue to move our state forward and improve our education. Well, let, me, let, me, let me ask a version of that question, which is, um, so they got what the House Republican, House Republicans got what they wanted for on voucher expansion that was in their budget. They got a version of speeding up the tax cut that was in their budget. What's the big win for Senate Republicans? So if you take a look, I mean, obviously, they, uh, the House got those things. Those are important to a number of our caucus members as well. So uh, they're going to call that a win. Uh, we, if you look through our budget and our priorities, we funded everything to uh, to the level that uh, that we wanted to, just about to the level that we wanted to. So uh, the things that were important to us in December and January, that are still important to us today, and those things were funded as well. And I think that overall we have a budget here that's going to work pretty well for the state of Indiana. Yeah, I, I, I want to add on to that for a second because I think, you know, uh, clearly the, the Senate's led on the, the pre-96 and the, and the billion dollar appropriation. Uh, over the last handful of years, we've continued to, to uh, do that, I, I credit Senator Mitchell or Senator Bray. I mean, I think you know that we're going to have that thing paid off at probably the opportune time as, as we look at uh, economically. So, yeah, uh, you know, that that was incredibly important, and and uh, you know, I, I really don't. There's no wins by either side. I mean, we're we're together in this. Uh, you know, I'm proud to support the things that. that uh, that our Senate colleagues have put forward as their priorities, like Senate Bill One, Senate Bill Four, those types of things. So, uh, but uh, but I give uh, Senator Mishler in particular a ton of credit. And, and by the way, one thing we didn't mention is that any reserves over three hundred billion, three billion dollars, uh, or the next two fiscal years will go to the pre ninety six. So again, we continue to make those investments. I appreciate Senator Mishler's leadership on it. The ten million for Martin University that was in the House budget, Senate had different proposal. Where did you arrive on? We, we landed on the point of kind of uh, uh, split the difference. Martin gets $5 million, uh, the, the, the program that Senator Mishler put together, um, and I think really worked with the University of Southern Indiana because they had a pretty good program, $5 million into that one as well. What about the $89 million? million in, uh, reserves, uh, there doesn't seem to be anything going on with property tax cuts, uh, property tax issues to affect this year's bills. Why, why not taking I think you'll see action on 1499 uh, in the next day or two. What, uh, what's coming out of that? What's going to be immediate? Well, it'll be. I want to be fair. That's that's relief for next year, and uh, uh, make sure that, that we put uh, guardrails on the amount of increase people can expect. Tom, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you know we, we want to be respectful. The state of Indiana gets no money from the property tax, zero. And uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's coming and it's going to a local level. We're putting guardrails in for our constituents. Uh, we're also, you know, uh, imploring and asking our local uh, elected leaders to uh, show some restraint. This is a, this is, we wanted to make sure, I think Senator Holman, Chairman Thompson did a phenomenal job. They want to make sure we adjust the two-year issue. This is a, this is really a two-year issue of, of really unique levels of increase in appraisals. And, and valuations, uh, or so we think. And, uh, you know, so they took a measured approach to make sure taxpayers would see relief next year 
but not bound the system uh, for future years. The cost just savings quickly, that real, real alternatives. Real quickly on that, I'll just just to follow up to. So the two kind of general ideas that you'll see coming out of 1499, there's some specifics in there, but this curbs the, uh, the ability of those tax, the property taxes to grow over the, over the period of time that the speaker referenced, as well as to uh, 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 gives the local governments the opportunity or the ability to give some cuts themselves. The cost saving Well, I've, I've got, we're gonna, we gotta keep on time. So uh, I've gotta be down there at 1.30. So appreciate it. Thank you everybody for your time. And, Look forward to seeing you post it is it's still in the budget it's still that language the, the, the language is still in the This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.